A quick note to this episode, as we've done for the last couple episodes, this was a longer one. Uh, put the first hour plus um, and really sort of the bulk of the conversation uh, into this pod episode. And there was uh, quite a bit of like overflow discussion that kept going. And if you want to listen to that and you're a uh, Patreon member, uh, that'll be in the Patreon feed. And if you aren't a uh, Patreon member... Uh, subscriber and you want to listen to it consider joining at patreon.com slash plan a mag and with that uh here's the pod escape from plan a Welcome to uh, another episode of Escape from Plan A. Uh, this is Teen, your host. Um, it's just me today and special guest, uh, Katya Kozbeck. Katya, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm good. Pretty good. Uh, it's our first time talking and Katya is just someone that I know through Twitter. So like you're a very new Twitter friend, I guess, we're mutuals now. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, we'll get to why. Um, well, I... Katya, you had a thread about uh, the new Borat film, and I think that it just uh, is something that I really wanted to talk about, and, and especially the way that you had framed it. Um, I feel like really articulated something that like I felt when I was watching it. I just want to get more into it and maybe ask you a few questions about how you see it and maybe like maybe maybe what it says more about. But also, uh, before we get there, uh, you had just told me a little bit about yourself. And also um, Supamodu, which is, I guess, uh, a website that you've been working on. Do you want to just intro that website, maybe plug it a little, because I think it might be really cool for people to check it out? Uh, yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, um, originally from Russia and have been living in New York for the last couple of years. And I'm a writer and a translator. And uh, I also am uh, the editor-in-chief of um, a project that I founded, um, which is called Supermodu. Uh, that's S-U-P-A-M-O-D-U.com. And uh, it's basically a showcase and a website that's with reviews of um, culture, like books, uh, films, uh, music, and art from uh, every country in the world. Although I don't think we have uh, actually managed to review something from each country of the world yet in the two years of existence, but uh, we're slowly moving towards that goal. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, check it out. Supermodu.com. Um, great website. I think that uh, it's it's hard to find uh, it's hard to find content now that's like specifically trying to showcase like international film because um, mm. I think everyone's just into especially in the, in the US because they feel like it's become a very like insular and inter internal looking culture more than I remember in the past right like I hmm. I grew up in the 80s and 90s and mm -hmm. I don't know I feel like there was a time when you had a lot of people that would go to like a Kim's video in New York mm. or like a, or even like a tower video. Uh, I don't know if, mm -hmm. if you, yeah, I've with... come across. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they would have like, really, it was a thing. It was like part of the culture to really have a big international foreign film section and people for whatever reason, I think it was just a more outward looking uh, time. Hmm. Uh, and I don't, think that that is happening as much anymore it's very internal i don't know if you feel the mm. same way but borat might be an example of that <laughs> you know? uh yeah um, no i think that uh, actually watching borat uh made me think uh about how uh we really don't get to see uh people from uh underrepresented countries in film at all uh like if you do get to see them uh i feel like it's mostly Russia or China and uh, shown through stereotypes uh, like all the Cold War, Red Scare, uh, Yellow Peril uh, kind of tropes, uh, but not never really like people who are fleshed out characters uh, coming from somewhere that would actually inform you on the material existence in that country, which I feel is something that uh, interests me most uh, because 
like uh, travel is uh, something that's has a lot of implications. Like uh, you can't really like travel everywhere without being uh, like imperialist in a sense and just uh, kind of uh, becoming a burden on the country or like uh, having some like something weird in your relationship with it. But uh, like to uh, discover it through film is just uh, so or like books as well. But like film, I guess, is probably the most um, immersive and uh, approachable medium. So uh, like to understand how people uh, live and say, Wuhan, for instance, like before the pandemic, like nothing beats like actually looking at a film from there. But uh, I don't I don't feel like we get enough of that. And even if we do, it's all mostly niche stuff like a film festival kind of fair, but like not something that reaches the general audience, which also like is a little surprising for me because uh, with uh, Twitter and like all social networks and uh, TikTok, I think especially too, uh, we get to actually see how people live. uh, But like this doesn't get uh, like an extension outside of like those uh, few seconds that you get to see like on uh, in a TikTok video. So even though the world seems to have become more borderless, it also has uh, become more uh, separated. Yeah, like when with TikTok, like uh, you mentioned it in this thread, and I'll, I'll um, I actually put your th- whole thread because it's fairly long into this thread reader app, which like sort uh-huh. of reformats it as an article. So I'll link that in the show notes. I think people should check it out. But you had mm-hmm. mentioned TikTok in there and you mentioned, I forgot his name, but the, 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 the quote chill dude from Idaho with the skateboard and the uh, cranberry juice. Like, yeah. I, I keep forgetting his name too. It's something dogs. Well, yeah. Well, I, I'm sure people know who we're talking about. Yeah. But like immediately, you know, and I think what happens is like, um, the advertisers step in and mm. the ocean spray like bought them a new truck and uh, now celebrities are are sort of recreating the thing and Fleetwood Mac like all of them are, you know, because mm. I think they're like online streams like went through the roof because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever, I don't know, whatever authenticity was in that TikTok video has been totally feasted off of by the advertisers and stuff. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of that stuff doesn't even make it off the ground. So like Panzai, you, then you mentioned Panzai, the, uh, the, the peasant from Hebei chugging beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's I, I'm just waiting for the day that he gets some sort of endorsement deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Which I, mean, I think that, might be trickier because I think it's going to come like from within China, because I think like it's uh, like all those uh, like uh, uh, American Chinese relationships are so weird right now. So, like, yeah. We'll see. yeah. And I think he yeah, also hope- like went on a hiatus or something uh, recently. I don't remember. He did uh, like a mysterious hiatus where he yeah. was like, I can't I'm not allowed to do any more videos. And people are wondering if it was either the communist party or his wife that wanted him to stop (laughs) drinking so much. It was unclear. Um, Do you want to just like, do you want to, maybe we should kick, like, I don't want to, I don't think there's any point in summarizing Borat, but do you want to just like describe the film generally, like what the conceit is and. Uh, Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So basically um, it uh, kicks off uh, a few years after the last one ended and uh, we're back to following the adventures of the um, Kazakh uh, reporter Borat Sagdiev, uh, who had just been uh, released from labor camps and sent on a mission to the U.S. to gift uh, to the uh, President Trump um, the monkey, who is also the Minister of Culture of Kazakhstan. However, due to some uh, circumstances along the way, Borat's daughter, who is uh, not a desirable heir um, in the imagined Kazakh reality of the film, eats the monkey and instead Borat sets on a mission to um, gift her to President Trump or no, actually not, it's not Trump, uh, Mike Pence, Mike Pence. Uh, I don't know why, uh, but uh, for some reason it's Mike Pence. Um, and basically like that's, um, they go through a set of hijinks, uh, across the U S, uh, in which, um, the daughter comes into her, uh, new liberated woman feminist self and, uh, 
Borat uh, learns the true value of family and uh, also a lot of fun is made um, of uh, like their uh, imagined homeland, which is not exactly similar to what the real Kazakhstan is. And uh, a lot of fun is also made of uh, the MAGA wearing Trump supporters of various uh, levels of affluence. I guess that's pretty much something. You know, that's, I want to, so it's interesting because like the first one, which was like 15 years ago, right? Uh, The the Mm -hmm. first Borat, like that triggered a lot of uh, uh, pushback in Kazakhstan, specifically saying that it was sort of demeaning and racist, right? And Mm -hmm. I feel like the movie just sort of doubled or tripled down on it, like, because because it's weird because like I, if I remember there there are actual scenes where Borat says that his first you know uh, trip to America in the documentary film that came of it, which is a sort of um a, a sort of reference to his first film within the film, mm-hmm. that it generated a lot of hatred. That's why he's in the labor camp, right? So mm-hmm. there's a for- mm-hmm. there's a sort of like there's a sort of acknowledgement in the film itself. That the first one was seen by uh, people in Kazakhstan as racist, and mm-hmm. then he just sort of like they just sort of go all in again. Like mm-hmm. there's a, there's a sort of like a middle finger given to the whole idea that it was racist. Like and they're just like yeah, we're just going to keep doing it. Uh, uh, yeah. Did you get that sense? Because when I when I saw that in the film, because it comes up pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, I'll admit to finding the first Borat kind of funny. Uh, mm-hmm. I was a very different per- different kind of person 15 years ago. <laughs> but the this time when I saw that he was opening up with a big fuck you to the idea that, you know, people found the first one troublesome, it mm-hmm. just seemed like a power move. Like mm-hmm. it was just sort of like, yeah, I'm fucking Sasha Baron Cohen. I'm like a Hollywood star. Fuck you. <laughs> Where, you. You didn't like that one? Wait till you see what's coming. And I, I that really turned me off to the film. Like that, I don't think I could really get into it after hmm. I got that sense, you know? Interesting. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, I also, I, I actually, I think I only saw parts of it from, from the first part until I actually watched it to watch the second part. So, uh, and I think like I, I mostly even might have seen like the uh, gags that didn't make it in the final film. And yeah, it was uh Funny, uh, and I also like found some of the gags and like the new one funny. For instance, like there's this uh, vagina dance that uh, his daughter and him do at the right. uh, debutante ball. I think that's like that's funny. Like uh, if uh, it existed like outside of uh, the whole idea, and if I hadn't been um, reading uh, like what people from actual Kazakhstan think about this film because uh, I just uh, want to um, like if that wasn't clear just to reiterate that I am personally not Kazakh uh, and uh, even though I have uh, friends from there and uh, both uh, Kazakh and Russian uh, living in Kazakhstan uh, I uh, like have have no affiliation with the country so I'm just uh, basically like observing this uh, as someone who knows uh, what uh, Kazakh culture actually is, uh, but also like has uh, like some distance from it uh, for wh- whatever uh, for what it's worth. Um, yeah, but uh, I feel like uh, it really um, like there was for instance I, I noticed that the, uh, they did double down on uh, the actual presentation of Kazakhstan as in uh, the like uh, people in the village because in the first film they like specifically show everyone in this village which was actually filmed in Romania and I'm not sure if it's Romanians or uh, Roma people living there, but basically like they, where they would show like his neighbor and like, uh, this is uh, the town rapist. Uh, and uh, like uh, there were questions uh, that rose out of it from like how much agency did the, those people have? And like, did they know this was being said about that? Right, they, right, right. They also, uh, I think there was a uh, a court case where they uh, wanted to sue him, uh, like two people from that village wanted to sue him, represented by uh, this lawyer who's like, um, I'm not very well versed in like uh, notorious mm-hmm. lawyers, so I, I don't know, but like he's he was like... Uh, he won some cases with like something similar, but he was also like notorious for something. Uh, so 
I don't know, but like basically this uh, case was thrown away. And so this time, like there had not been uh, cases like that, at least yet. But and uh, uh, but there there was a case uh, like when this uh, the woman who is a Holocaust survivor in the film, like she sued him and then she died. And uh, like now the case is still ongoing, I think, uh, on mm-hmm. on behalf of her estate. But uh, yeah, but I feel like yeah, this there is like um, they're kind of like did not double down at all uh, because basically in the first uh, film, for instance, you see Kazakhstan presented as a country where people are uh, like anti-Semitic, uh, like run-of-the-mill anti-Semitic, like most, uh, like you would imagine uh, some country be of the foreigner, for instance, like uh, basically the way they talk about uh Jews in there uh, are is like uh, similar to, for instance, um, I'm uh, also like of I'm from Russia, but I'm a complex ancestry, so I'm like I'm Jewish as well, but I'm for instance also uh, Greek, and so for instance that's how Greeks talk about Turks, like that's how you see that. Although I don't think that's uh, in any way um, the case with uh, Kazakhs because uh, like Jewishness is uh, not th- uh, that big of uh, an issue uh, in um, Israel from whichever side like it's just uh, not one of the topics that are hot but basically like th- that's what you had in the first film but in the second film you have uh, like uh, Kazakhstan being downright responsible for the Holocaust and uh, kind of like craving this uh, affirmation of this uh, and uh, kind of like feeling victorious over having perpetrated that, which was to me like really weird, uh, especially in context of, uh, and I I mentioned this in the thread as well, uh, in the context of the fact that uh, so many countries in Europe have actual histories of aiding and abetting uh, Nazis and doing the Holocaust. And uh, so so many of them are still uh, having uh, actual nationalist uh, parties built uh, around the denunciation of that. And uh, kind of like to have uh, all of this shifted to a country that participated in the World War II from the, um, uh, like as part of Soviet Union. uh, And as our Carl Shaw, the uh, Twitter uh, historian, uh, he mentioned that basically a Kazakh Soviet um, soldier was uh, one of the two to place the uh, flag uh, on Reichstag. Uh, on Reichstag, uh, so like to kind of just like th- this subversion. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it's uh, just done without any kind of uh, consideration for whatever material history exists, but. Also, that to me seems like kind of even ominous, like shifting the blame from something that is actually there to something that isn't there. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's almost, it's, I mean, the way you describe it, because I noticed this, like the character of Borat, uh, I think he's defined by two uh, things. One is like he's deeply, deeply misogynistic, mm-hmm. uh, like at a, at a, at a, um, in a way that's almost caricatured where, you know, he he's he just embodies like medieval thinking when it comes to, you know, his daughter and mm-hmm. and it shades into pedophilia. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's deeply misogynistic and almost pedophilic slash incestuous. Mm-hmm. And he's also like his entire like world, his entire world is premised upon you know, subjugation of Jews and fear and hatred of Jews. And I think there's, I forgot how it comes up in the movie, but like there, he comes across like a Holocaust denier and Mm -hmm. he, his world falls apart because he believes, you know, he's, he's also very credulous. Like he's, Mm -hmm. he's very dumb. Right. So he like Mm -hmm. believes anything anyone says. Mm -hmm. And so someone tells him, I think like the Holocaust didn't happen and his world basically falls apart because, he mm-hmm. his entire being depends on there having been a uh you know uh, uh such an atrocity against the Jews it makes him happy that it happened mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so he's a very very fucked up character 
mm-hmm. and who's obviously a made up personality by Sasha Baron Cohen. And I don't, you know, you're right. I feel like it's not, it's not just a historic, it's almost anti-historic meaning like, mm-hmm. you know, what Carl pointed out saying like, actually the Kazakhs were fighting on the side of the Soviets. They could be seen really as the liberators uh, mm-hmm. and were, you know, were more antagonistic and sacrificing in the fight against Nazis than the Americans, though we tend mm-hmm. not to think of it that way because of our movies. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's almost not it, it seems to me that there's more going on, perhaps, with this character where and I've, I've, I'm starting to cue in on this where they need the image of something, some kind of foreigner that mm-hmm. is like sort of like the perfect screen onto which we can project uh, anti-Semitism, misogyny, pedophilia, which are rife in America. Mm-hmm. And okay, so I was thinking that, but on the other hand, the movie. See, this movie is very tricky to me, and I thought you're you're the reason I want to talk to you is just because like you you teased a lot of this out in a way that was starting to make more sense because at the same time. He's also the movie's also sort of indicting these um, sort of Southern MAGA people, you mm-hmm. know, um, rural white, white rural and poor whites, uh, as like similarly backwards. Like they share a lot in common, meaning like they maybe are embarrassed or shocked by the total lack of civility and uh, uh, not civility, but like the total lack of manners and um, you know, like modernism in this, in this Borat guy, but they kind of like him Mm -hmm. and they kind of get him, and they're kind of into his, like, you know, into who, how he thinks and how he talks. And like, you know, those two MAGA dudes, those two QAnon dudes, Mm-hmm. Who like just become like you know? I mean, I think all that stuff was fake, probably. But mm. there's a sense I think in which they're trying to the movie's trying to equate like these underclass whites with Borat, saying like they share something. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is that they share the anti-Semitism, they share the uh, they share the misogyny, mm-hmm. and Sasha Baron Cohen is to me an embodiment in many ways of the elite liberal political sensibility of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it, that too, that seems like the real thing that's going on in Borat is using the foreigner to safely bring us into the conclusion that all of our problems stem from these poor white underclass. Hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. There was um, a classic, what I'm saying is there was a deeply classist element to it. Mm-hmm. that I think is not um you know it, it, does that make sense I don't know I'm just I'm, uh, I'm babbling absolutely a bit here about yeah that. no yeah. I, I just want to um kind of like answer uh in part because I feel like um there's something I want to say about the first part of what you've said uh about how like all the stereotypes that um Borat's uh, character um uh, represents uh i feel like actually uh it's also in- something that i hadn't uh thought about but uh i feel like there's um it kind of like uh plays into the overall uh theme of um islamophobia uh because uh and it might not seem obvious because uh basically like well no one knows kazakhstan but also it's uh, kazakhstan is uh not necessarily the country that you would associate uh islam with uh even though it's um something like 70 percent islam uh like a muslim uh population uh and uh, I feel like, uh, like if, for instance, they had used some country that's more uh, uh, like associated with um, a Muslim population, uh, the outcry would be much bigger uh, because, uh, like, all of those uh, things with like the misogyny towards. Uh, women oh so misogyny obviously uh um, but like also uh this uh uh juxtaposition to jewishness uh are like some of the things that are used uh most in uh the context of uh 
anti-Muslim sentiment. So uh, that also kind of like, I, I don't know also if uh, any of that was intentional, but like you can't uh, not see it uh, through the lens of where basically uh, freedom of speech uh, is um, too intently exercised uh, as uh, to defend uh, like the needs to... Uh, protect values that are considered uh, like Western, uh, Christian, uh, liberal, but at the same time uh, are not as precious with uh, values that uh, belong to the um, uh, Muslim world and also gets more complicated for, with uh, the weaponized um Zionism or anti-Zionism, uh, which uh, creates more of a problem. So, but um, like, I feel like there's something to explore in uh, Borat for this lens as well, uh, especially because uh, like the whole premise of uh, like a lot of uh, works uh, that are made by um, like American or British um, authors. Uh, are like usually uh, kind of um, more sympathetic to the idea of Israel than to the idea of, say, Palestine. Um, but also, uh, yeah, but to go back to your, the second part of uh, your uh, question, I think that uh, precisely this is... Uh, so basically, uh, like how, when you see uh, Borat and um, the... Like, the people with whom he's quarantining, like those guys who then take him to a MAGA rally, uh, like there's uh, like you kind of see like this um, international worker solidarity kind of uh, brought out. Uh, but at the same time, it's uh, uh, shown in a very ugly light that uh, kind of like makes you wonder like if those people are so despicable and they have such low opinions of uh, women's science uh, facts and um, uh, anything else like do we really uh, want them to be in solidarity with each other because uh, then they're just like gonna go and uh, murder Jewish people and uh, that's uh, like very like it feels like a very fabricated uh, and precise uh, narrative uh, that uh, is very upsetting because uh, as much as uh, obviously um, Trump has uh, been an invigorating um, presence for um, ultra right uh, uh, organizations and uh, movements, uh, at the same time, like it neither he nor they uh, nor anything else exist in the vacuum. And um, it's uh, kind of like to show this as an, an anomaly uh, is also not uh, precisely right because uh, basically uh, like the, what uh, brings uh, about such fierce uh, sentiments uh that are n not uh, progressive or kind of like caring for people, whatever their sexuality or race, but actually like hating people on this basis. It's uh, Those are all reactionary uh, things. And uh, like the way to uh, get rid of reaction is to actually uh, open up uh, a wider uh, perspective for people of all classes and like uh, be more inclusive in general. Uh, and I think that bas basically like uh, anti-Semitism um, is uh, actually something that is uh, very much nurtured by uh, people being excluded from the, uh, from the narratives. And uh, that's uh, kind of like what is happening everywhere and uh basically to kind of like to denounce something by uh inviting the viewers to participate in more of uh the thing that gave uh start to it is uh like doesn't seem to me to have a very good result uh and in addition to that it just um further alienates uh like people uh, of different classes from each other uh, because 
and even like because for now or maybe people uh, who are say more affluent and uh, less affluent might be on the different um sides of the equation uh in the current election or like in the uh in their support or not support for trump but uh basically like there's uh it's not as uh easy and not as uh precise as that because there's uh, like also people with vested interests uh, from both sides so it kind of uh, like it uh further complicates and further uh, alienates uh, us from each other. And uh, that's never a good thing. I don't know if it, like uh, if that makes sense. It does. I, you know, I, I'm trying to think about it, like, because I feel like with Borat, these kind of movies um, where there's almost no real truth value that's being offered. And I don't even think it pretends to offer it doesn't it's 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 a complete farce right like everything's a mm-hmm. joke and i think if you were to and this the safety valve that i think cohen would give for himself is like look this is a joke like i i, I in no way intended this to be a, an accurate representation of kazakhstan are you kidding mm-hmm. me like <clears throat> i think the safety valve for this kind of stuff is always like you'd be an idiot to take this film seriously mm-hmm. right and so I think I, I try to think about like how what what exactly is this film trying to accomplish? Because I think at some level it is not pure farce, even though it looks like pure farce. I feel like something real is going on with this movie, mm-hmm. and I'm, I always try to wonder what it is. And I think you know with Borat, I think the question is: Are you in on the joke? Because if you're in on the joke, I feel like then the movie's starting to do something to you which is to say like it's starting to say that although this is a farcical view of the world this is essentially what you have like if you're in on the joke you have to feel contempt for this kind of people Mm -hmm. but a, a certain but like a certain sort of um um Contempt made out of superiority, meaning you're one of the people who gets it, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right? Like you're on team. I get Borat. I get why this is funny. This is good, and that there is something redeemable to finding this funny. Because mm-hmm. what are we going after? We're going after, you know, the remaining vestiges of anti-Semitism. It's not going. If you, I think he won a uh, he won an award um, from the ADL, and he gave a speech mm-hmm. where. In his real persona, I mean, he's very different. He's a pretty – he could be a very serious person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's very, like, posh and refined. And when he talks about uh, the, quest- the the issue of, uh, say, you know, the Holocaust, he's very serious about it. I mean, he's not – he doesn't joke about it when he's talking in front of, an, of, of the ADL accepting his award. Mm-hmm. And so I think he is a serious person. I think that he is trying to accomplish something of, you know, whatever. And I think he's trying to nurture a certain kind of – he's really trying to use satire and uh, that borders on vicious humiliation Mm -hmm. to really drive home what the – what it takes to be on the right side of stuff these days. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like if you if like mm-hmm. if you find Borat deeply funny, then he's saying he's sort of validating you as having the correct mindset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And part of that, I think, is um, this need to view the world or 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 maybe I don't know if this is intention, but this is the result, I think, is to view the world as an American Mm-hmm. who finds Borat funny, meaning you're, quote, in the right, you're in the right crowd, you're in the right cultural mm-hmm. uh, layer of America, that <clears throat> the hierarchy is, you know, all those white people you left behind mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they're, you know, they're um, they're the reactionary residue of America that's not fully formed yet. Mm-hmm. And then below that is the foreigner, is the Borat, is that Borat character. Mm-hmm. And you... As the viewer who finds this funny, see, you're sort of like in a spot because you're like on this little island of enlightenment 
where we can do things like exercise, you know, free speech and where we can uh, laugh at things and find things funny. But if you look down, you know, if you look down a bit uh, mm-hmm. from this from this land that we're like, OK, then we're surrounded by these like MAGA chuds and <laughs> poor white people who uh, don't, you know, are no chill and don't lack uh, don't have the capacity for you know, satire and reflection. And then even worse beyond that, what is protecting us from the, the foreigner, mm-hmm. the real Borat, you know, the real, the real new Nazi collaborator, uh, the real new Nazis and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, I feel like you're, you were uh, really in criticizing Borat in your thread you started, and I kind of, I really wanted to talk about this. Is when you started saying that this is, um, this, this, this has to do, it seems, with uh, a sort of like maybe like a capitalist attitude or capitalist culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, like you, you bring up the the idea of capitalism. I don't know if you have more to say about that, but I was really interested in that concept that. There was a certain maybe like um, uh, something about maybe like the height, like the individualism of of the West and the uh, neat, you know, the the sort of lack of communal uh, sincerity mm-hmm. and everything becomes, uh, you know, a, <clears throat> a joke meant to entertain and. Uh, or a joke meant to reaffirm your personal identity or personal belonging to the quote right, the right part of society. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry uh, again, that was a bit of a all over the place. But yeah, that no, that no, no. was very interesting to me. No, that uh, absolutely makes sense. Uh, I think like what you're uh, getting at is basically like uh, the way that uh, humor. I don't know if like. not even well yeah like basically most humor works this way that um like if you understand the joke then uh you you uh feel elated not just because it's funny but because uh you feel like you belong to like this uh a small uh or not so small it depends but um like that you belong to this like elite society that uh understands the joke uh yeah 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 that's right yeah Absolutely. And that's like uh, kind of like what in the Internet is uh, like consists of, basically, because like whether people uh, know what this uh, meme is talking about or not. Uh, and of co- but of course, there are like various uh, layers to it, uh, like uh, something might be uh, accessible to people from uh, whichever milieu and some things are only um, accessible uh, to a particular set of uh people and uh it's kind of also basically it's uh kind of like uh, from, for instance like some of the jokes uh that uh, about uh, like people in uh, maga hats say uh they uh also uh i don't think would be ultimately funny to someone who say was not uh very much submerged uh in the liberal narrative of like having a Cheeto in the White House or whatever, uh, but at the same time didn't belong to the uh, Trump followers or um, like didn't harbor any uh, nationalist views or something. But uh, it kind of just uh, also creates a more closed, um, uh, like more insular uh, kind of uh, country uh, that uh, is kind of basically what we're dealing with uh, at the elections right now, like that there's like either pro-Trump or anti-Trump and uh, like any kind of nuance uh, cannot be allowed. And uh, like, if you're not uh, against Trump, then you're for him. And uh, that's kind of like how all this um, election shaming uh, has been going. Uh, But uh, yeah, and I I think that it does uh, have to do a lot with... um, capitalism uh, too because uh, the um, portrayal of uh like basically i just um because we're now uh nearing november and uh facebook shows you like posts from uh 
back uh, like a few years ago on the same day. And uh, I have been seeing uh, like the interactions that I had uh, there with uh, when I was using Facebook more uh, in the aftermath of the election in 2016. And uh, there were a lot of arguments about whether uh, people who uh, were voting uh, for Trump, or like if we lay aside the, the eternal scapegoats again, who voted for Jill Stein, uh, et cetera, but like people, that people who voted for Trump are some kind of like a different uh, kind of uh, species of altogether from like uh, people who voted for Hillary Clinton, whether it was um, in earnesty or uh, just like, uh, with uh, regret, but uh, not having uh, any kind of uh, idea of what to, what else to do uh, in the situation. Um, and uh, basically, like I had a lot of uh, conversations back then with uh, people from my MFA, uh, which I attended um, at Columbia, uh, about the accessibility of work, because uh, I thought that basically... Uh, like if you're as a writer uh not uh, trying to be uh too complex and uh not accessible to a larger audience then uh like you're reinforcing a kind of classism that's uh also something that uh i feel like the democratic party uh was um complicit in uh and uh therefore uh Wait, sorry can you are- can you go into that a little uh, can you can you explain that bit again about uh, yeah, uh, uh, about accessibility. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's just kind of uh, what I feel was uh, like why uh, Trump was able to win uh, last time. I don't know if it's going to work for him this time or not. Uh, especially given the record, is that uh, he was uh, not uh, reluctant to go to factories or like farms and say, "Hey guys, we're going to like help you. We're going to like raise uh, production." Uh, I'm not at all saying that he meant this any of this sincerely and. Uh, as we know, like the, for instance, the deindustrialization uh, de- uh, never really, uh, I mean, reindustrialization never really happened. Uh, and uh, like uh, he didn't really do much uh, about ma- uh, many of the things. Uh, but even though like uh, there had been um, certain economic improvements, but basically like uh, there was like a way to. Sorry, have- so, so you're saying, uh, just because that's an important point. I guess what, mm-hmm. if I understand what you're saying, it's. It, and I think maybe a lot of liberals don't get, don't seem to put this in the right frame. It's not that mm-hmm. this is any, in any sense, saying that Trump was was offering a better, you know, set of policies or, or political ideas, but that perhaps the the Democrats left him an opening that he, mm-hmm. uh, you know, probably uh, you know that he was able to seize upon cynically mm-hmm. and self servingly, but nonetheless. That was a hole that they left open for him to, yeah. to take advantage of because they weren't willing to um, to do anything about him. Yeah, yeah, and like and to acknowledge a particular group of people that uh, uh, I feel like had been left out in the cold. And this kind of like uh, Trump uses this with uh, like uh, the nationalists as well. Like, uh, but uh, basically, like. Um, where whereas uh, obviously, like for anyone who isn't uh, willing to run on a ultra-right platform, like nationalists are not um, a uh, an audience that uh, needs to be taken into consideration. Working class people are very important. And uh, like as if we take Hillary, for instance, uh, she refused to go to some of those areas w- with uh, a large presence of working class people, like where the Rust Belt is. And I think like Bernie went instead of her uh, in some occasions. Uh, but even Bernie, I feel like uh, in his uh, l- uh, recent campaign run, like wasn't uh, actually uh, using this to his advantage as much as he could as well. And I feel like oh, that was uh, apart from like all the internal stuff with the Democratic Party, uh, that was one of his um, uh, downfalls because he did not really like try to make uh, his it, it was just uh hinged on this uh, whole premise of uh 
like uh going against trump because he kept mentioning that he's like um a threat a threat uh but at and while uh riding the wave of his like really good um um, Medicare for all uh, things, but at the same time, he did not engage as much in the fact that, like, uh, he would be a friend of the working class uh, and would insist on working class solidarity. I feel like it could be amped up, and uh, maybe like we would have a different result. Uh, but um, that's and so basically, like that's uh, and I feel like um, in a sense, even though uh, of course a lot of. Uh, rich people whose interests lie with uh, Trump uh, do support him. I feel like that's why he was able to kind of like score so many points with people who just like don't feel seen by the Democrats because Democrats have become a sort of um, party of the affluent. And in Borat, you see this uh, very well. And uh, because uh, basically you are shown like those uh, unrefined people who are uh, willing to like go along with um, the narrative that is um, like, for instance, when he comes to the fair and sings the song about like uh, giving uh, journalists uh, the Wuhan flu and uh, like uh, dismembering them like uh, Jamal Khashoggi, uh, like this uh, kind of like, it's just so... Uh, so sick like you don't really get to see any reflection of what these people are like you see them ref um kind of like sometimes uh not all of them but like some of them were uh, like uh uh doing the nazi salute uh some were like uh, laughing in admiration but you see them responding like you don't uh actually see them uh create their own sort of narrative. So they're kind of like shepherded this way. Uh, and that's kind of um, how I, uh, like I mentioned uh, it in the thread that uh, basically I see this as kind of um, the way that uh, people uh, of working class backgrounds uh, are represented in the American culture in general, because American culture is, uh, and it's also the culture that I grew up with, because uh, when uh, the Soviet Union collapsed when I was uh, a small child, and so basically, uh, as I grew up, I saw the rest of the, uh, like the uh, American influences, although not only American, but like others, but still, like I saw American culture become dominant in everything that I was seeing for, uh, like in cartoons, in uh TV shows and everything. And uh, so I think that... would be the uh, 90s? Yeah, that would be the 90s. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, basically, uh, so I was like five when uh, the USSR collapsed. So since 91, it was... So as I grew up, it was more and more um, poignant. And uh, and basically, like, so for me, like, even though, like, I obviously have, like, a big... Uh, uh, part of my uh, identity shaped by Russian cartoons or like Soviet cartoons, but at the same time, like it, it was all those markers, like I don't know, Lion King and uh, the Little Mermaid and everything. Uh, so, uh, and it still is like that, which is uh, something that I've been encountering a lot in uh, my assessing Russian culture, but also the culture of um, a lot of countries um, in. Uh, outside of the Western paradigm is that uh, the American culture has become dominant in them. And uh, a lot of the things that are created there are often ca uh, carbon copies or uh, just imitations of what you would have in the U.S. And, uh, and in all of that, the, um, per the working class people are uh, presented always as uh, either uh, aspirational so basically like is this uh, like uh, pulling themselves up by the bootstraps uh out of like uh, uh job waitressing uh to yeah they're, they're looking to escape fundamentally mm -hmm. their their salvation is to escape their condition mm -hmm. uh, which is always yeah. like uh, also like shown in very particular uh ways either uh that or uh kind of like the op Opposite, uh, but not really like uh, basically people who are left behind uh, who did not uh, decide to engage their bootstraps are those who are just like uh, full catastrophes like uh, people that you would see like on those um, 
uh, daytime TV shows like uh, I don't know Alan, uh, like where the it's uh, like uh, this little entrep- entrepreneur who's like doing uh, a, like special uh, dog treats uh, in his uh, little town, and now he's being uh, sold by Whole Foods and uh, like uh, let's clap, and uh, or it's someone like who's uh, basically like uh, like a very uh very very uh poor people who are just like uh being very incestuous in their relationships or like messy in their divorces or something like that so it's uh, like mm. or even like when we uh so, so, that's basically as i understand uh i haven't read it uh but uh that's what i understand from uh friends talking about it, the hillbilly allergy yeah which, i was just uh, gonna say that it's yeah. hillbilly elegy right which is which is this ridiculous looking movie that they're where, where Glenn Close sort of goes slumming uh, in in they make her look like a poor white trash is mm-hmm. is 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 her big that this is kind of an Oscar Beatty moment when you do something like that where you're mm-hmm. <laughs> she's going to be described as being brave mm-hmm. uh, to demean herself in that way and to you know and I, it's funny because I think there 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 are um, on Twitter you know Twitter people people like really hate on social media but I think it's still very crucial because you there are things that you see on 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 Twitter for example that you just won't see elsewhere but uh, <laughs> there 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 are you know like a lot of um, progressive people that live in places like Kentucky or West Virginia who mm-hmm. don't want to leave who mm-hmm. like it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are pushing for things like, say, uh, acceptance of uh, a gay and queer people, etc., mm-hmm. that are not looking to escape. But the hillbilly elegy thing, which is written by someone who's now a venture capitalist and was at Yale Law or whatever and quote, <laughs> escaped his conditions. It really struck me that this was like a new – hillbilly elegy, I think, is sort of like a new – it's a thing that they're doing for poor white people that they have long done for minority, like racial minorities mm-hmm. in America, mm-hmm. which, and this is something that in Asian American discourse, I've noticed people, there, there's a growing consciousness about this, that when it comes to describing immigrants in America, there's also a similar thing about escaping uh, the Chinatown or escaping, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the sort of uh, backwards, um, influence of your uh your what what you brought with you or what your family brought with you to america to sort Mm -hmm. of like shed that through hard work and education and assimilation Mm -hmm. um and to liberate yourself from it Mm -hmm. you know and that that's borat to that's the ending of borat is where there the the um journey to america enlightened them to uh, you know, to how Jews are not evil and to how women can drive and mm-hmm. should have control over their bodies. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that is a conceit, I think. And so I think the, you know, I guess my, um, I don't know if that's a, 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 along the lines of what you're talking about. No, definitely. But my criticism of that now that I think about it is that, like let's take um the issue of feminism and anti-misogyny that mm-hmm. that was this big theme to this movie but i don't i think what it does is it caricatures misogyny mm-hmm. as a sort of like pre-modern thing that you know the sort of caveman in us uh is prone to do so it's part mm-hmm. of our natures perhaps mm-hmm. um but like that we evolve out of. And so if you're evolved, if you get Borat as funny, if you understand satire, if you vote the right way, if, you know, if you listen, if you, you know, take Sasha Baron Cohen seriously when he's not Borat, you know, in his types of Mm -hmm. politics, or if you watch John Oliver, that Mm -hmm. you don't have, that you've sort of like now become like, you know, a, a feminist. Or you understand feminist theory, or that, or that in some way that you've you're now opposed to to uh, sexism and misogyny. But the thing is, like, I don't I don't know if that's the case because what I see in these in this in this type of film, and I think this is done a lot, is basically to 
scapegoat a certain class or a certain ethnicity for misogyny while not really coming to terms with the Matt Lowers of the world or, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like the elite misogyny, the Mm -hmm. liberal elite misogyny. And I don't know what happened to me too, but it's sort of like, ultimately I think the problem with me too was it was naming the wrong people, which are basically like liberal elite white men and Mm -hmm. people like Eric Schneiderman, who was considered Mm -hmm. a, a very strong ally of feminists. Mm hmm. So I don't, I'm not even sure that this is really doing, accomplishing what it sets out to do because it's not really putting forth like a, either a positive image of what society or a value system would be that actually properly address that Mm -hmm. Uh, or a a reality in which it's not actually the underclass and foreigners that are primarily or, or even the worst or the only uh, perpetrators of it because mm-hmm. it was all like movie stars and like rich people and mm-hmm. CEOs and, you know, people that we became very friendly and uh, familiar with, like Matt Lauer, who was on, who was like the suburban, you know, the suburban Democrat, uh, mm-hmm. you know, icon. Mm-hmm. The, I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Like it, it's just it, it just really seems to me like it's an easy it's peddling easy answers. Um, I think that's what's uh, very uh, showing uh, is that uh, the woman who played uh, the babysitter in uh, the film, uh, she recently uh, wrote like a big post uh, on Facebook uh, about her experience and she was very upset. Uh, and she was basically what she was saying is that um, the black the black woman. Yeah, the black is, woman. Uh, yeah. Who's like uh, who uh, Borat uh, takes his daughter um, to like uh, so that she would babysit her and uh, she like uh, sees uh, like this um, uh, basically how what their relationship is how like the girl is like subjugated and uh, mistreated and uh, tries to kind of like become. Um, the savior for her, like showing her that women can uh, live differently. Uh, And basically uh, like what she's saying, like she was very upset because um, she was, uh, she really thought that those uh, people were like foreigners uh, and uh, that she was uh, like uh, dealing with uh, a woman who's a victim of uh, such horrible institutional misogyny. Oh, really? That was, that she so that's interesting that's funny because i thought i had assumed that that was all like set up i didn't know that that was that she actually yeah, was under no. the actual was, oh, okay okay yeah uh, yeah because uh, i think it's a uh, kind of because she kind of repeats the uh, same uh trope uh from uh borat one where uh there it was an actress, um, but uh, basically, like here, it's the same thing. It's like she's uh, doing the same uh, magical Negro trope, uh, where she's like uh, she's the only good person in the uh, whole country, and she's like uh, saving. Uh, well, in the first film, uh, she was like saving Borat by becoming his wife uh, after uh, Pamela Anderson rejected him, and uh, here in this one, she basically becomes the path for. Um, the daughter to towards um, liberation, feminism, and uh, uh, like becoming. She's uh, kind of a, a mammy from... figure in this. I yeah, think. exactly. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, definitely. I think. Yeah. It's like. Uh, and I'm, I. I don't know if like they. Uh, I'm like I'm pretty sure they specifically chose like a black woman for that, and uh, like I don't know about like uh, kind of like her like. Uh, like physical type or something if they were all because she also it's kind of like she's um physically uh similar to like the woman who played uh that uh, woman who became his wife uh in the previous film uh so but basically yeah and so so it's kind of like how i think it adds an interesting extra layer and how like uh she uh like basically she, just like what you were just talking about she like uh was grappling with the same issue like she realized that she was uh, going along with this uh stereotype but like um then she was unhappy because she was she understood that she was taking for a ride but um basically it's like very patronizing i mean i would feel yeah. the same way i mean oh, no, very, absolutely, you, yeah. even though they're trying to say something nice about you 
Yeah, like, exactly. But it's um, still you're lower than like I you're like a it's like um Okay, the we we view you all as sort of like lesser than sort of like less conscious people uh mm-hmm. of a different, you know, almost of a different species. Mm-hmm. But I like this one because she's black. Mm-hmm. And I, she's I, nice and we like her. And mm-hmm. these people over there, they're like QAnon racists, so we don't like them. But at, mm-hmm. but there's but the judge of all this is still uh Borat and the producers, right? Like they mm-hmm. they get to judge. Um so yeah, I could totally see why she was upset about that. I would be totally upset about that. I thought Absolutely. she was in on it. No, 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 she wasn't. And uh apparently she like she started a GoFundMe and people were starting to donate to her and then uh cohen donated like a hundred thousand dollars to her so which oh, is also God. like uh it's like he's so like he threw money at the problem yeah <laughs> exactly um but which is i th- I think it's the same like I, i've been reading about this um like when people were discussing the villages um in the film and uh basically so i didn't find a definite answer but it seems like he donated uh like the last time he was filming in the romanian village which i assume was a different one than this time because of the like bad blood, but um, he donated like five thousand dollars to them and like bought them like uh, school supplies and the computers or something like that. But so that's kind of like also I guess kind of like re um uh like strengthens the the colonial aspects of all of it. But uh, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Go, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, yeah. no, go ahead. No, I, I mean with respect to the the whole buying, you know, it just like I just it, it just kind of pisses me off because it's like this is so basic to me that that would be offensive because yeah. I, I wouldn't do that to a friend or a neighbor like <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't like just go insult the shit out of my neighbor or like secretly put them into a movie and like fuck with them mm-hmm. and then give them money mm-hmm. to as yeah. if that made it okay because that is so insulting right and I think like you would know that as a human being if you were doing it to like a neighbor or a friend mm-hmm. so if you're willing to do it to these villagers in Romania or wherever they filmed it, or you're willing to do it to this black woman in the South, mm-hmm. you must not really think of them as peers in that sense, like as Absolutely. a friend or a neighbor. They're yeah. just they're just lesser than. And you're just like, well, yeah. well take some fucking money then. It's yeah, horrible. it's like it's like a, like I don't know, giving uh, someone you encounter or, like sleeping rough on the street like five dollars to like uh, make a pretend photo, and I, I'm sure that like if somebody does that, like people start complaining about them, rightfully so, because that's uh, gross. So it would yeah, it would be worse. It would be if I trick someone like that to do something to humiliate yeah, themselves, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then later said, "Well, I could have gotten you to do it for free, but I'm going to give you five dollars anyway." Mm, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like extra nasty, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ugh, uh, yeah, because it's like yeah, it's uh, kind of like uh, even like going further than just like actually paying people to. For instance, like uh, in the previous film, there was this um, actor who played his producer, like uh, who is like a very corpulent man, and he was um, uh, present like very naked with his like balls and uh, Cohen's face and uh, like a lot of all of that but basically like so he's demeaning himself and so even though like it's uh, funny and I don't I don't think that's like it, there is anything wrong with it like per se but like basically he's being paid for it but like if uh, he had to do the same thing first and then paid afterwards then that would be a completely different uh, thing. So um, it's mm. kind of like a bail, uh, but uh, yeah. But so, uh, but I think that like uh, to drive back uh, to drive it back to like where um, like the stereo- uh, the, the kind of like uh, the misogyny that's uh, positioned outside of the American paradigm. Uh, I think that's kind of like what she was also like. Uh, she kind of like realized that she was uh, kind of like I, I don't know. I mean, I can't put my words into her mouth. Uh, I don't know, like how for um like what exactly are her thoughts on that uh, are but like basically that uh, like she was also approaching this as from the perspective of uh, like that uh in the US like we're a more evolved people than like uh people elsewhere which uh I feel like is something oh, that so she, you're saying she had mentioned this notion this 
she had noticed the xenophobia in it and was, uh, was pointing no, it out. No, I don't, I, or, I don't no, think so. No. So I'm like, I'm not trying oh. to criticize it from her point of view, but I feel, I feel like that basically, like, um, she was view, uh, like, she saw this, uh, and uh, like, you can't blame her because that's like actually like when you see uh, the daughter in uh, the film, like, she really does look like she just like I don't know escaped from like a uh sex slave harem uh in the 15th century or something um mm -hmm. like basically we're like wearing a ball and chain so like you you can't really like uh so i'm not saying that uh this woman was actively uh thinking xenophobically but i'm saying that like basically her interaction uh with the, the daughter and i keep forgetting the name of the daughter okay oh, doesn't matter but like um uh, that her interaction with the daughter was basically the same uh way that but only without like such uh clues as other people uh perceive uh foreigners uh when they come to like uh, the western countries for like something that uh, like for instance i feel like a lot of people expect from uh people like from uh i don't know like saudi arabia or um i don't know some of the muslim majority countries or like even Russia as well, uh, because uh, basically, like, you don't really know what's going on there, but you just assume that uh, if they didn't uh, have uh, anything like uh, the feminist movement that you had in the U.S., uh, or spe specifically that too, then it should they should be all, like, subjugated, uh, non-liberated, etc., even though, like, all of the countries in the world have had their particular uh local strains of feminism and uh, oh yeah oh yeah 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 yes i i that's a huge part i think of the the orientalist view is the mm -hmm. is you see this a lot and with asian i think this is projected onto asian women a lot mm -hmm. that they come from um patriarchal uh cultures that um subjugate women and mm -hmm. It's a difficult topic because it's not as if that can't be true. Yeah, right? of course, but it can be. But true on anywhere. the other hand, yeah, it could be. It, it's 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 true, like everywhere uh, in its own context. But mm -hmm. it's that's not the problem that I see. The problem is that that view, which is an absolute view, um, the purpose of it is not to critique or to. Um, challenge this in 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 say some Asian culture of what name name whichever one, but to pretend that the uh, American culture or the Western culture uh, therefore is is uh, you know doesn't have these problems, mm -hmm. you know, and that that I think is the, I think it's really difficult to tease that out because I think it raises sensitivities on all sides where. Um, you know, you and I've seen this in Asian just Asian discourse where people are mm -hmm. like, "Well, no, you know, a, a, a Asian a, a, Asian women don't suffer from the misogyny that you see in the West." Not necessarily mm -hmm. true. I think you have to be specific about you know what you're talking mm -hmm. about. Um, but that's not the problem with mm -hmm. this sort of thing. And oh, I think her name's Tutar or something like that. Tutar, Tutar yeah, or Tutar. Tutar. Yeah, and I don't remember yeah. the woman's uh, name uh, too. Know yeah, if she's even um, mentioned. I think she's me. a Hungarian actress, and uh, uh, I think Bulgarian. I, I remember because there were a few. Oh, Bulgarian. There was a few um, interviews with her because of that whole like mm -hmm. Giuliani thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, um, it sets up, and I think it sets up a dangerous view um, that foreign women don't expect to be treated. Uh, you know, they don't expect. Well, they expect to be treated like that, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, uh, so, yeah, ab absolutely, and I, th I think that also uh, there's this um, basically like just um, like it. It really is part of the or uh, like for instance, why uh, so many Western men uh, will go to like uh, countries like uh, Thailand or Russia to like seek out wives. So that is the end of this pod episode, part one. Uh, as mentioned before, part two will be on the Patreon feed.
Thank you.